Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. Based on what you've told me, it sounds like you want people to know, like, take me seriously. This is a real job. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like any artist has that, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm not just fucking around. This is not just my hobby. You know, I'm not mm. just having fun. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like people think that that's what it is a lot. I feel like people think that like, she's so lucky to have this job. I'm like, no, I fucking worked for this, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. put a lot of effort into getting to where I am right now. It's insane, really. Like I'm working in an office doing so much administration and sometimes I, I calculate and I'm working more than eight hours a day. We're doing something that we love, but that doesn't mean that you have the energy to do it every day. And most of the time you have to invest some kind of time into it every day, creating some kind of content, you know, consistently like three times a week. <laughs> um, you know, I have to find the people to work with. I have to coordinate when we're meeting, where we're meeting, what we're doing. There's so much work that goes into it besides the shoots, managing your Instagram and like managing contact with people and Yeah, you have to constantly be finding new artists to work with because, you know, everybody only has a certain budget or everybody is constantly looking for a new face. You know, like a lot of people, they won't work with you twice. If you're going on tour, you have to organize accommodation. You have to organize transport. You have to, Mm. you know, see to it that you can even pay for everything, you know, and then, you know, hopefully make some profit as well. I feel that they don't understand how much work goes into it and that it's not just an easy job where you have to look pretty. You know, there's so much that goes around it. Space cord, space cord. Space cord. This episode was recorded last year in October 2020. But this is Space Court, not Time Court. And the topic surrounding nudity is still very relevant. Bare Naked Bitches is being published around the Western Astrological Zodiac transition of the Scorpio season to the Sagittarius season. Which is very appropriate because this episode is about exploring what's underneath the surface. We invite you to join us as these bare naked bitches share their story and speak about a creative passion that is far beyond skin deep. Super honored and glad to be here with a bunch of beautiful bitches that are creative beings from all over the world really i think we're well represented here on planet earth and if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your story of how you became interested in this craft that is nude modeling nude photography so my mother actually um, posed nude a lot when she was like in her 20s she and her twin sister together they were dancers and i grew up looking at those books actually because the photographer that they worked with he always had books from it so for me it was not an unusual thing we would like to introduce noah leo sun and moon cancerizing 
last year in spring, I was in Hawaii and I was in a relationship with somebody that had done a lot of photography in the past, a lot of nude photography. He had shown me his photography and I was like, oh, I want to try that. I think that would be fun, you know? So we did that a few times and I really, really enjoyed myself doing that, um, especially because we were doing it a lot outside, just like on the cliffs and the rocks and at the beach in Hawaii, you know, and it's just wonderful experience. But then I came back and I lived in Berlin for a little bit and I was by myself and I still wanted to keep photographing, and but I had nobody to photograph with. So I started doing self-portraits a lot and... Um, for a very long time, that was sort of the only thing that I did. I think I worked with like two, three other photographers in that time period. And then almost a year ago, a little bit less than a year, I kind of decided of like, well, I, I want to try and see if I can do this as like my job and make money with it. Because there were certain people in my life that were very pressuring about like, oh, you can't do this for free. You know, like you have to know your worth and you have to like get something back from it which for a long time for me felt kind of twisted <laughs> mm. to ask money for something that I love doing so much. But in December, I made that decision. And then basically in January, I started doing it full time. And then I did that until the lockdown happened in, was it April or March? But that wasn't even bad because it just allowed me again to you know spend a lot of time on my self-portraits and also be more behind the camera. So I also started photographing more people. That's how I met Julia. Actually, at the moment... I'm starting to also get more into life drawing, also again through Julia, because <laughs> mm -hmm. she hosts life drawing sessions online. When you say life drawing, what exactly does that mean? We would like to introduce the bitch that gathered the bare naked bitches, Rachel, Cancer Sun, and Moon, Gemini Rising. I'm not too familiar with life drawing. I mean, I looked on your Instagram. Life drawing, a life drawing session is a session in which the model holds a pose for a limited time. So let's say we start with five minutes. So you do five times one minute pose. So there is a timer and the host is doing that, putting the timer and saying start and then ding and change pose, you know, and then we go on for five minutes, then 10 minutes something like that. And, and is it and it's being documented in some way? So as the timer or as the host, are you timing and drawing or are you just timing? We would like to introduce Julia, Libra Sun, and Rising, Taurus Moon. Yeah, no, I actually started drawing as well because I was like, okay, what am I doing now? Just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I took a paper and started drawing. Like I never had a lesson or anything, but it turned out not too bad, I think. Mm. And yeah, just following my you intuition. And Julia does these sessions online. So, ah, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like a Zoom call like this, you exactly. know, because of the corona that is limiting. So I just started hosting sessions on Zoom because of corona. Mm. And then I was hosting the sessions just for myself as the model. But then after a while, I, because I talked to my friends about it, and then I was like, hey, would you like to do it sometime? When I do it at the university, um, the person that hosts is also the teacher. So he actually goes around and like gives tips and advice to the people that are drawing because they're the students there. Yeah, but I cannot do that because one, I'm not a teacher. And two, I cannot go around people <laughs> to see what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, it's nice when we have a break. I highlight people's videos so they can show their drawings. That's the moment mm. when we socialize a bit. Yeah. But yeah, most of the live drawing sessions I've been in real life, they were actually not a lesson. So there was not mm. a teacher. 
there was just someone hosting it, mm. but there was no one like telling how to do things or how to improve. It was just a free session, everyone drawing in their own style. And yeah, mm. something that I do special in my live drawing sessions that I try to combine with dance. So I do a section of 10 minutes slow motion dance performance which I call perform modeling in a way to show who I am and to make a performance. It's like theaters are closed. I cannot perform. So I perform for you and the audience are also participating active. Yeah. And it's good practice for them as well to like loosen their hand and, you know, do like quick sketches and stuff like that. Not all the time, but uh, for some extent of the time you're in one position for like, 15 minutes you know and it's this battle with your mind of your body and mind saying like I can't do this you know <laughs> this hurts and that hurts and there was one pose that we did I was lying down but I was sort of in a spinal twist and Julia was lying on top of me <laughs> so it was like very like intense you know twisting my spine and I was like I can't breathe I can't do this my, <laughs> like everything hurts you know and and your mind starts panicking you know and it's just like freaking out and and making it way worse than it is you know and it's just this continuous like coming back to yourself and being like no I'm fine you know everything is fine and somehow that was like this realization of we can go so much further than what we think you know when our mind says oh we're done here and then you relax into the discomfort and suddenly it's fine you know two days ago I did a session where I was in a position for an hour and a half you know and like mm. you get to take breaks in between but still it's the same position and it was standing and it was with my arms up and and like now I have muscle aches all down my back <laughs> but that was amazing you know a few months ago I I don't think I would have thought I'd be able to do that We have a new addition to the conversation. Hello. Ah. Aloha. I'm in my car too. <laughs> oh, we can hear you. You can hear me amazing. Can now, yeah. I see you're en route somewhere, so we will be very <laughs> conscious of that. I'm pretending that I'm just calling in. I'm sorry that I can't gaze at anyone's lovely face <laughs> now it's perfect it's like a real radio show now it makes it legit you know like <laughs> and we have our fifth caller in all right we would like to introduce leor cancer sun pisces moon virgo rising I basically do everything. I prefer things where I'm able to do multiple jobs. I think that it started off as like, you know, like most things, you're like curious about something. You don't really know why it's important to you personally until, you know, but it's kind of like scary, but then something convinces you that it might be a good idea. And for me, it was the money. I was a single mother. I had this baby and I'm like alone and I'm like, how the hell am I going to pay to keep this child alive and <laughs> get paid really good to do like what dwarf stuff. You know, and so at first it started off being this kind of thing, which it actually highlighted that the relationship that I was in was super toxic and abusive because it just revealed that they viewed my nude body as their property. 
And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, this thing that I'm doing is like suddenly revealing so much about the people around me and how they think and how they feel, how they feel about themselves, how they understand their relationship to power, how they under they understand their relationship to pleasure and who's entitled to it and what it's allowed to look like and all of these different things, you know. And it just sort of like became this perfect container for me to do the work that I wanted to do, right? Like the work that felt meaningful and purposeful to me, which was always like trying to heal from, from trauma and heal from just the trauma of existing in a world that demands you be a particular way, right? Yeah. It also gave me the opportunity to try on different characters and different personalities and different uh, levels of, you know, masculinity and femininity and different presentations and different orientations to power if there was another person in it. There's so much play and like imagination and discovery that goes into, you know, you, you don't know necessarily what feels true unless you're given the opportunity and the space to be like, do you want to try this on? And there's not really many safe spaces where we get to do that. I, I didn't do theater. I didn't really have many friends. Like, you know, I didn't really have, didn't have a childhood. So, so any kind of play felt like a complete fucking waste of time. And I was like, this is bullshit. But because I was getting paid to do it, it was like this perfect avenue that just opened me up enough that I could taste these things that all of a sudden like made my entire body buzz. And I was like, oh my God, like this is it. You know, like being naked in a space with other human beings and like having nothing bad happen. Whoa, crazy healing. That's it, you know, and having some platonic touch even in different, you know, orientations. And it, it actually became the only form of intimacy that was really accessible for me as a survivor of like a crazy amount of abuse and trauma in my lifetime. I couldn't access pleasure at all. I wasn't able to be intimate with other human beings, even though I dated them and got pregnant. And all of the things that had to do with nude photography and modeling and, and videography, you know, they, each part of it, each moment that I worked with it, I was discovering so much and healing on the on these wavelengths. And then I shifted from being subject to being, you know, more in like a producer and director space because I felt like I could really immerse people more deeply. If I had my fingers on more elements of the piece, you know, I started doing events and okay, now it's like nude performance, but it's like in with other people. And now, you know, it just sort of like blossomed out of control into this mixed media, social experiment space. It's totally infectious. Like, you know, every person that I brought into it, I like, I love being the first person that somebody works with. That's my bread and butter because they're so amazed. Like other artists, right? We're like, oh yeah, that's the flow. We're like, mm, and, we, and we get into it, right? Pretty easily. <laughs> it's not that we don't appreciate it and savor it, but it's like, I just love that, like blowing somebody's mind and opening them up and then seeing that three years from now, they're still doing this because it had some kind of healing value for them or made them love their belly rolls or their back hair or whatever, you know? It's like, it's a really powerful tool uh, to transmute things that we are ashamed of into things that we can be proud of and things that disconnected us to being things that connected us and I think it was medicinal you know it was a survive it started out being a survival need and I don't know that it stopped being a survival need it's just it's become like a way that I also thrive rather than just a thing that I rely on mm -hmm. so how long have you been in this I'm gonna make it easy and say that I started in around 2010 because that's when I started doing like I was modeling and being paid before that I was just sort of like fooling around and no one ever saw the images and I deleted them anyway so mm, mm, mm. so uh you've been in it that's a decent amount of time different forms over the over that time you know mm -hmm. like 
here, it's sort of evolving into something new. How have you found that it's changed with like social media? I feel like a decade ago, Instagrams and the Facebook probably wasn't as prominent. Is that accurate? Sort of and sort of not. Actually, I don't know if I would have been able to start and make a career out of this in the way that I have if I started now because of the level of censorship. Back then we had Tumblr. Instagram and Facebook were small potatoes because the old people had Facebook and Instagram <laughs> us so it was easy to make a living i mean mm. i Instagram like the first year that i started before you know and then they started deleting accounts and that's when things sort of mm. got out of control and now it's at a point where i genuinely don't think if if people didn't already know what to expect from my work i would not be able to advertise in a way that i would be able to sustain like half the projects that I do are for my subscription sites and they actually pay for my ability to develop the film, get to the place, buy the props. Like I'm able to do my own creative projects that I direct and start start to finish only because I have people that want to pay to see it every month. If I didn't have patrons and I started using OnlyFans, but like, that's like, whatever, that's pretend. That's for people that really want to see me naked. And then it's just a bunch of selfies because I'm like, please buy the real art. I don't care about this. No, it's a fucking joke. Subscription sites like that, it's, it's a way of having like an intimate personal relationship with an artist over the development of their career. And you quite literally enable somebody to build. And I've been on Patreon now for three and a half, four years. Before that, I was at the whim of who would pay me. I wasn't able to do a lot of projects that, you know, I had to sit on for like five, six years because no one wanted to see me dressed in menswear, right? No one wanted to pay for that. Or no one wanted to pay for me to go out of the middle of the woods and stage a, a blood ritual where I'm giving birth to a white rose while menstruating and there's blood everywhere. See, not a lot of people want to want to like pay for that, right? And when what I just, kind of world do we live in? You know, this is... <laughs> like, I might not fund that, right? But if you are trusting that an artist is going to, you know, take, they're taking a risk because they think it's valuable, you know, and they want to share something with you. And then you're like, all right, whatever, it's $5 a month. And then quite literally that, you know, the, these drop in the change in the bucket is able to give life to someone's art. I'm like, oh, my God, I love the process. And, and yeah, I'm super grateful before all of this, because I have friends that are like, you know, oh, I've been modeling for like 30 years. And I'm like, what was it like? You know, <laughs> like, oh, well, we had to wait for rich men to pay for our plane tickets. <laughs> <laughs> harassment, glorified harassment, right? Take the picture with the hand on a butt on, on a, you know, his hand on your butt, whatever. Just to appease this person who had the expendable income to send you to Berlin to get those portraits done or whatever, right? It was so gatekept. It was so privileged to be able to pursue art with such a, like, you know, a white upper class endeavor. Don't get me started on that. I could go on forever. We did in all other forms. Stick to the bullet points, Lior. Stick to the bullet points. <laughs> the online communities have really given us the ability to pursue art as a genuine life-sustaining activity where you don't have to like take, like I used to take jobs that, that I just, afterward, I didn't feel good about. And I got mm. to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to take a, a risk and see if people actually believe that I can create something valuable outside of the, the predetermined standards by these, you know, mostly guys with cameras that are like paying for me to train them how to talk to women and take photos at the same time. 
it's even the playing field in a lot of ways, not always because it still privileges thin, white, able-bodied, neurotypical human beings, right? But we're making progress. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of barriers. Right. You touched a little bit on some of like the inevitable misconceptions that come with being naked in nude photography and the taboo of that. Do you want to highlight any specifics that are like kind of repeated things that you would come across in this art form? Totally. And perceptions uh, that you want to shift on those. I mean, that's pretty loaded. So I'll just let you unpack what you want there and share. I think that nude work at all, whether it's nude yoga classes or, you know, nude photo shoots or whatever, because of the sexual stigma that our culture has, it's parallel. It's considered to be or perceived to be parallel to sex work. I'm not going to argue that point because whether or not it's adjacent to sex work isn't really a reflection of if it's a valuable life-sustaining career to have, right? Only that people assume that you do sex work when you pose and will often not be transparent about what they're desiring. Or if they think you do sex work and or know you do sex work, they will treat you much worse. You will be much more disrespectful, much more entitled, and they will want to pay you less than someone who is just fine art, which is why you see a lot of us having to splice our identity across multiple platforms because it's really hard to self-advocate, get paid what you deserve, you know, and not have to endure harassment. If people know that, yeah, I also do bondage photography. Yeah, I, I'll do your wedding. I'll do your child's birth, your senior portrait. And then, you know, and then your butt plug fantasy, whatever. Like, holding space. All in the package, right. But it's like that life to death inclusive, right? It's just, it's always a challenge because of those stigmas associated with it. And I would love to see people unpack their shame around that. Maybe treat people with decency and respect, like normal stuff, like asking, like your eyes are also able to make contact with someone. So if I'm getting changed right on set and I'm, I walked out of the room so that I could get changed, even though I'm getting naked, doesn't mean that you're entitled to watch me get naked. Some photographers can't make that separation. Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where we are having to kind of self-advocate and navigate how adjacent we want to be to sex work, how much contact or a little, you know, what, what boundaries do we need to feel safe? And I really, I want to encourage people in general to always be evaluating your boundaries and seeing if they're actually true to you and not allowing any amount of money to change how you feel about what you need to like have dignity, to feel worthy, to feel that you love yourself. And, you know, everybody has different boundaries and different edges. And I just want people to be safe because a lot of times people get into this thinking that they will make good money and you can, doesn't mean that you can't get hurt just like every other job and the risks, right? Yeah. Are you at your destination? It looks like you're taking the keys out. I am. I have seven whole minutes. We could be here all day. I love all of these things. Right. But we have seven minutes. We have seven minutes. <laughs> There's um, two other non-binary artists who are both models and photographers and mixed media people as well. Um, Rory Yum and Bunny Luna. We started going beyond the lens as a community because these kinds of discussions feed us so much. And we were having them together in these isolated Zoom meetings. And we were like, oh, it would be really cool to like see what other artists think about this. And I think what's on my mind most recently in response to the way that my practice has had to shift and change. I mean, all of the annual events that I host are in person. None of those have been able to happen. I'm usually touring every month. That ain't happening. The landscape is completely shifted and where we are today is not where we were even eight months ago, even six months ago. And I think that now more than ever, like artists have always really suffered and not 
had access to community. We were always sort of thinking outside the box. So there's always the risk of rejection of not belonging if we're not able to find enough of each other. And now we're super isolated and we're, and it's just so important to find ways to collaborate with people and find ways to connect and share inspiration and like remind each other why we do this and what's important about it and what are the things that we make possible by being together. And one of the things that came up in the last Going Beyond the Lens event that really like, it's been over a month. Our next one is in two weeks and I'm still like sitting with this. When we're able to gather in community and create something new, like in defense of utopia, it is possible. And when you experience it, even in these small, isolated, tiny containers of time space where where we kind of create the arena and here are the rules, it gives us the ability to believe in that being reflected in the outside world. All of a sudden, I feel I should be able to demand the support that I need at work. I shouldn't feel bad if I get sick and I have to take time off and I have to ask a teammate to step up for me because when they're sick, I'm going to step up for them. I'm chronically ill. I got a kidney infection literally one week before our event this one month and over quarantine. And, you know, one of my team members works three jobs. Like everybody's got so much on their plate and they still rallied to take everything off my plate so I could go to the hospital and take care of what I needed to. And then I came back and the next week I we swapped out somebody else needed a break and I was able to respond to that. And no grievance we bring up, no perspective that we voice is ever rejected, is ever met with like anger or judgment. It's always curiosity. It's always, wow, this is what I'm hearing you say. I didn't think about it that way. Is that how you meant it? Or just like learning new ways to to talk to each other, learning new ways to de-escalate situations. And like, these are the survival skills that you need to bring the utopia in. These are the survival skills that are going to allow us to co-create something with people that we don't even fucking like, whose art we disagree with, whose opinions we disagree with, whose practices we might disagree with. And we're going to be changed as we change their minds, you know? And it's this whole process of like coming together. It's world making. It's like you're in partnership with the cells of every person's body and like the the atoms of every little bit of matter and you can see things shifting and it's like we can create community we can create anything and i think coming together and collaborating and not it's easy to be like oh i'm safe if i create alone but that's only half of the process it has to be in community maybe you spend 15 years creating by yourself first that's okay i don't mean to rush anybody or anything but i do want to say that like when you're ready there are people who are going to help you come into yourself more who are going to be able to show you parts of yourself that you didn't know that you had that are going to give you tools and that you're going to be able to give tools and it's like this is the marketplace of these survival tools this is the place where we were the cultural exchange where we are able to keep each other alive and sustained in an otherwise fucking spiritual desert let me just say so yeah super valuable find your people that's I think the the greatest value for me and that's really where I'm drawing inspiration from right now is like remembering that this is an ancestral art form and that we can you know what do they say seven generations you heal seven generations back and seven generations forward when you when you're able to like master this life right and there's like it's possible. Everything wants to tell you that it's not worth doing and you're not going to be able to pay your rent. And and I tell you what, I've paid more bills this year because I live by myself for the first time ever with just my son. I've never been so supported than I am now. 
Well, I didn't think I'd be able to pay that rent. I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but I knew I had to move for my mental health. And I was like, Hey community, I'm doing this thing. Hope you guys are still with it. And guess what they were. And like, here we are and everything's fine. And you know, you just got to like, when you're ready to bring something and to like bring it into the world, there's going to be people that are going to believe in you and are going to want to make it happen and are going to be excited to make it happen. And you just got to let them. beautiful. I really wish we had more time with you, but I'm so grateful for the time that you've shared. I tried to pack it in there. I was like, Oh, you I did. Love you did. Oh, and I think, yeah, you, 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 you did it. I think you were very successful. How do you and Hillary know each other? Just real quick. Your We're pers- collaborators. Hillary's You're one what? of my favorite people. <laughs> the world. So yeah, sweet. we met through Instagram and then we just started meeting up every time we get together. We'd like, look at the calendar and be like, okay, a couple months from now, how am I getting to you? Are you getting to me? Are we meeting in the middle? <laughs> Love it. That's so good. That's so good. I think it's actually really interesting because when I started out, Hillary was one of the first people that I found online. And then through her, I found Lior as well. It was like one of the first other nude models that I found. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. The connected I'm also following going beyond the lens. So yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh, maybe I'll get to talk to y'all more then. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you Have so much. Day. really appreciate it. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you brought her in hillary like wow amazing first of energy right <laughs> yeah love it amazing so much stuff there oh my gosh hillary i know you're on more of a time limit than everybody else so maybe you can take the leads on things we would like to introduce hillary capricorn sun taurus moon Leo Rising. I started photography kind of creatively in high school and with film photography and commercial photography, which just meant that they trained us in design programs as well, like Photoshop and Illustrator and all that. And that allowed me resources to kind of get interested, but I didn't really pursue that interest until like uh, halfway through college. And then after college, I did some newborn photography in the hospital for about three years. And that was my first introduction to kind of being in vulnerable spaces with people and photographing them, which it's funny, like I think being distant from photography for the last you know few months has kind of made me realize what I did find passionate about it. And it was never really always the craft, but the experience, the magic that happens in the room when you're collaborating, especially when somebody is experiencing something new or somebody is doing something they love. So I started to try to photograph people in those moments. And that became a lot of nude work over time because there was more interest for it and more interest for people to be seen, to be exposed, to feel supported and accepted by the person holding the camera as like a giving permission. And that holding space was really powerful for my healing when I got into self-portraiture because I realized that duality of living in a woman's body, you're kind of feeling that duality of acting and then being the person viewing that that action. I think John Berger writes about women in that way where you have this person in your head always that's like watching what you do and that society has kind of given us that gift of like you know men act and women have to like do both of acting and like witnessing to themselves and so being uh in photography and realizing I could access that space in self-portraiture in a in like a really safe way and then I could control the lens 
and completely control my identity and how it shifts and changes was extremely healing. And then going from there to posing for other photographers and for life modeling for classrooms and drawing groups, it just kind of further extended that realm of what happens when humans interact with nudity and what even is nudity? Is nudity just this other costume that we're putting on? You know, like what is real nakedness? What is someone really being exposed to themselves versus just kind of another thing you put on for the decoration of this imaginary work of art that you're creating, right? Because you can be naked and it have it be something that isn't a revealing, um, I don't know. Now I'm just rambling. I'm curious yeah. as a photographer, can you see that difference? Like when you're working with someone, can you feel that difference with uh, regards to- I feel it in the room. When I'm with somebody who is like, sometimes, you know, I would be, uh, I'd enter a shoot and somebody's like already undressing as they walk in the room or the outdoor space. Other times I'm sitting on the floor with them crying for an hour and processing stuff before we even open up the camera, you know? It really was a different experience for everybody that I photographed. Sometimes it really was about making the art. Other times it was the experience and other times it was they wanted the content, you know, they wanted the final product. And because I did it for a living and for money, I navigated all of those spaces. However, like if I was choosing what I wanted to do, I guess I like all of them, but really I love being a part of a a creative collaboration. Somebody is bringing something of themselves, their own magic to the room, and I bring the witnessing of that magic and the uplifting of that magic and the encouragement of them to try things, to take risks and know that it will be a safe place of exploration. I think it's true. Um, What you were saying about that somebody can be nude, but it's just another costume sort of. To me, that's also very much about how they pose. I often find when it's this like Mm. over-sexualized posing, that's often like kind of what we think a man would like, you know, or, or, that's where it comes from for me. Maybe it's not a very conscious thing for them doing it. To me, that's not nudity. To me, that's not the the vulnerable being yourself nude. You know, that is something that feels very fake. And it definitely is something that I notice. And it's definitely something, it's not really honest in a way when, when somebody's posing like that. Um, they're not really revealing much from themselves. They're just being what they think they should be or what they think would be perceived as desirable by other people. Do you think that line is it being sexual that makes it um, authentic? Because I guess I would argue on that point that, yeah, there is a lot of when it is sexualized, it's often that you're kind of the person who's posing is posing for somebody else, right? Or is thinking about that in mind, that male gaze, or it's just socialized habit of like, oh, this is what looks good and blah, blah, blah. But um, I also believe in eroticism and personal like sexuality expression being part of this form uh in a really authentic way like I've seen Mm. people kind of really explore something that it isn't like it's supposed to be pretty like we're like making a mess with fruit or whatever it is and you're expressing something like really honest and like curious in that moment it's erotic but there's not an eroticism between camera or between me and them it's just that they are with they are being Absolutely, celebrated yeah. in their own moment. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I do think that there's a difference. When I say that it feels overly sh- sexualized, it's maybe more from that perspective of 
trying to be what we think we should be and trying to be what mm-hmm. is like socially perceived as sensual or attractive or whatever. I think things can be incredibly authentic and honest and true and beautiful and sexual. And to me, there's nothing wrong with sexual either. It's just, I often find if I'm working with a model that maybe hasn't posed before, or maybe is a little bit younger or like mentally a little bit more Mm -hmm. insecure, then that often comes forward. Not expressing what you think is interesting, but just trying to be something else and trying to like pretend you know, when our most sensual and erotic selves can be fucking ugly and messy, like you're saying, you know, like, to me, that's something else. I think it it gets complicated with expressing sexuality or eroticism, and then sharing and like, the internet world it's a it's like then you're inviting kind of all different kinds of interpretations which is true of any art like you make it and everyone's gonna have like a little bit different experience with it you know nudity alone might be somebody's porn whereas like somebody else it might have to go like five steps further than that to be a little titillating so i think you're dealing with a widespread kind of connection to people in their own bodies like if people's only connection to nudity in their life is in acts of sex or shame, then their interaction with your art is going to be a very different one than somebody yeah. who maybe you're able to share like erotic art with and they can have a discussion about it and be like, oh, I see why this is valuable in this world. And this makes me think about this and makes me question mm. this. And my mind is liberated in this way, you know? Yeah. And they but can see the beauty in the artistic aspect. Where people are at. Yeah. Yeah having such an overarching audience? I mean, who is your ideal audience? Who do you want to reach? For me, one of the greatest things is when I can inspire people. And um, that can have very many different ways of showing itself. But anybody that can feel inspired or like in awe of what I create, um, that is my ideal audience. And that is not really like a certain age group or man or woman or I think Actually, maybe it's even more than that, because I want to say like, oh, if somebody can appreciate my art, you know, that's my ideal audience. But then on the other hand, if people get offended by my art and through that being offended, they can learn something. I think that's great, too. About this audience and who do we want to reach? And uh, yeah, I was thinking because I'm having like an identity crisis at the moment. I, not a crisis, but because I started being a dancer and then started doing life modeling on the side. But then now like my profile as a life drawing, even organizer. And like it grew so much that like my dancer identity got a bit lost. And then I started doing modeling for photography. And then I had this other profile. And then I had like these three parallel personalities that <laughs> were a bit isolated. Yes, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to open the gates so that they interconnect and mm. yeah, finding how myself as a whole can be interesting for people and inspiring and I don't have to separate my identities so yeah I'm at the moment busy with that with how can I interconnect offer who I am and not being ashamed of showing this is what I do but this is also what I do and yeah yeah I totally relate to that because then it's almost like when you start listing everything you're like this is my whole picture people are like yeah you don't have any focus but actually (laughs) it's just I like to diversify 
my creative practices because it's better for my income too. You know, when you have a lot of things going on and for your mental health to like be able to not rely on one creative outlet to like take care of all of that energy that you have that sometimes, you know, photography doesn't always do it. Sometimes theater doesn't always do it, but together, like all of these things together can somehow make you feel like the most you. And I think that that's fine too. We grew up in this, you enter the system, you have a career and you, it's that one path, but we're breaking that open a lot of ways by being kind of jack of all trades or jill of all trades and just like making room for other experiences in our life, you know, because settling in one career isn't necessarily the like most strategic path anymore. Yeah. I find it really sad because I'm like that too. I, I do so many different things and I have passion for so many different things. I often feel that I somehow seem to have a lot more passion than other people. But then because other people can't relate to it, because you do so many different things, they sort of respect each thing less, you know, as if it doesn't yes, mean so much yeah. because you do all these, you do a lot. You right. know? And, because and you don't just do that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like soul crushing, you know. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like, no, I, I can be like 100% invested in this and this and that, you know, like people are constantly asking me, like, do you prefer being in front of the camera or behind the camera? And I'm like, I love both, you know, and it's always this having to choose and, and one having to be more important than the other. And I feel like this is like the story of my life. I'm, I'm German and Dutch, you know, and people are always asking me to choose. I'm like, no, you know, <laughs> I'm everything. I felt that when you said that, like having to compartmentalize yourself and being like, this is a part of myself and that is a part of myself and somehow having to split them because people don't seem to be able to deal with all of it at once, you know? Yeah. Well, if they can't accept the multitudes that is you, then it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We are in a time where women oftentimes feel that they are too much and that they need to make themselves smaller. And I really felt that. And I feel that at the moment, I'm like totally breaking free of that. Well, maybe in the past year or so. And just like being all of that I am and just leaving it up to other people if they can deal with it or not. (laughs) I think that's true. And then you do find people that are like, oh, I accept that because I want to be that, you know, and then you find that more often is like, oh, Mm. you give me permission to do multiple things to feel and change and let it be fluid like over time just by being your authentic self which is not small which is not contained which is taking up space so hillary with regards to you know what you love most about this craft i'd love for you to share i love the creative collaboration and the self-discovery and that comes through moments of um, approaching boundaries or edges And having it be in a way, in a space that is empowering, that you feel uplifted and and accepted in. And so sometimes that's just self-portraiture, but when it is in collaboration, I think it's really beautiful because then what happens after that is, like Noah was saying, there's more inspiration. And my favorite kinds of shoots were then afterwards where I saw it was somebody who had never been photographed before. All of a sudden they're taking self-portraits or they're like starting to like, you know, life draw or they just get fascinated by something that they hadn't before because just something spread, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's what kept me more than anything doing it 
and doing it again and, and shooting more and like, and committing, you know, my full-time schedule to art was just that energy that it was giving me back and seeing how that creativity spread and took new form. In all of the crafts that you've participated in, do you find that this curiosity and this fascination or inspiration ignites more quickly when dealing with the body and the self and being naked in the many different forms that it takes? Mm. Yes, because I think the mind and the body are all connected. And so all of a sudden, when you're peeling away layers of clothes, people just start opening up, you know, like all of a sudden, we're having very deep conversations doing a photo shoot, because they realize that they feel safe. And it maybe for some people, it was right away. Some people, it took a really long time, or maybe we didn't even get there in the first time working together, because people are all really different. But Something about that physical act of like being vulnerable and then having that also happen energetically or I think it is a little different than if you just come in and and you make art and you have the ability to withhold all of your social constructs of shame and uh, aesthetics and, and all of that. When you're naked, people just change their mindset. Your brain just kind of goes into a different mode. For me, this doesn't really happen anymore because when you're around naked all the time, then you're like, oh, this is normal as well. Mm. You know what I mean? It does change people's, yeah. Behavior yeah. and actions. They start and either, they start almost like there's like an excitement in the room, like an urgency that wasn't there before. And mm. it's kind of either playful and fun or it's a little timid and scared, but you do see a little more rawness right a little more of somebody as they would be in their own home you know because that's what they're doing they're in their body they're in their home and like you're getting mm -hmm. to witness that I feel like we could talk all day about these things um having been mostly photographer but knowing a little bit what it felt like to be performer because of theater and dance I entered the modeling with a little bit of a different, I think, perspective than maybe someone who just entered posing right away. The first time I posed for photographers, like I was curious about what they did, how they did it. I liked their work and I wanted to learn. And I learned by observing and I worked with a lot of photographers that I learned how to do shit, you know? I just saw how they did it. And then either I liked it and I wanted to hold on to that practice that they did or the way that they asked about this or how they dealt with, you know, just like how people are navigating those spaces. Like what words did they use? And then learning a little bit more about photography and different cameras as well. Every time you're getting together with somebody in person. So part of it was I wanted to Skillshare. And so I'd get together with photographers and we both pose. Um, and I, it was really big learning opportunities. It wasn't so much like one person is photographer, one person is model. And I knew which hat I had to wear. It was more fluid. Like I could be both. Um, and then later when I was just model, right. And then, and I've only had a few like, uh, photographers I work with that are paid and that it's, I know what I do when I go there and I model, I'm not photographer. Um, and those experiences are really different because one, it's paid. And also because I know exactly what role I'm supposed to be when I walk in the room. That is when I feel like the nudity feels like a costume for me. I put it on. I feel confident. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm not really making up my own poses sometimes because they're controlling like 
how they want it to look. Like it's definitely a little bit more of their lens, their eye. Um, and every photographer is a little bit different. So I found that in that experience of seeing both sides, it allowed me to be a better photographer. And when I was posing, because I understood what it felt like in the body and also how to like make somebody feel a little more comfortable, mm -hmm. right? Because there was certainly times where you're like, oh, I wish that I just felt comfortable or confident in this moment because I know I would look better or I know I would take more risks or I would feel good about how this shoot went. Um, and that really came down to how the photographer's energy was. And, and like if they made me feel like I could bring my full self and bring ideas or if they wanted me to just like, you know, be a tool and be a part of their vision, you know. There's so many variables that come into play with regards to being the model, being the photographer, the energies you're working with, what the outcome is, the alchemy of the energies. Super fascinating. All right. I have to go. I wish I could keep talking. You all are so beautiful, wonderful. And I like, please send me your like info. I've been off of Insta for a while, but I love to follow you both if I'm not already and get involved and yeah. talk to you more. Oh, I'll thank you so much, Hillary. Really appreciate your time and all your sharings and insight. All right. We've had a lot go on. Um, we've touched on a lot of pieces. Julia, will you revisit um, kind of how you got involved in new uh, model? Since I started as a dancer, and it's quite Useful for photographers to ask dancers to to pose or to do a shoot in principle like dance poses like dance photography, but then it can end up just being a person's photography, not a dancer. Like I always struggle with this being a dancer or being a, just people, you know. And and actually, I just realized that I thought I started photography recently, but I actually started way long ago like in 2012 just with a friend that had a camera and it was not nude photography but it was in a way experimenting with my body expression maybe wearing like a dancer's leotard but that's basically like nothing and I was basically there for the camera and, and experimenting yeah so first was that friend when I was in high school and we were taking sort of dance pictures but at the end it was more like just human pictures uh, being here in Rotterdam I also found some experimental performance opportunities where I was performing naked actually that was the first time where I felt comfortable working nude we were filming actually a documentary of the process of this creation and that was the first experience of being nude in front of a camera and feeling safe feeling like I'm doing art and nothing else yeah then after some people saw that I was comfortable performing nude then they asked me to do a shoot and yeah I also did projects with body paint and there was all this experimentation and I always try to look at it as a performance and experimental way of creating with the with the body expression self-confidence grew a lot i think since i started doing nude modeling of course all dancers have this not self-love 
I don't know how to explain. Like we're all constantly looking at ourselves in the mirror, like even profile. Your belly is never flat enough. Your thighs are too big, whatever, always. So modeling, especially for live drawing and seeing like the beautiful drawings people make with your body, it's like really healing. And I heard that from other people as well. And I also enjoy introducing people to life modeling that they never did it before. And everyone really enjoys and says that they feel more comfortable with their body now. And it's really nice to see that. What I love most about it is that it gives me so much freedom. That is something that I value incredibly deeply. Like for me, creation is the love of my life. There's nothing that compares and there's nothing that gives me so much joy and love and fulfillment. Like it's, it's like my soul food. Um, it's what makes me feel alive. And having that already before all of this and then getting to do it with my body, which feels even more intense and intimate to who I am, was just like an increasing of that feeling like even more intensely that it feeds my soul and makes me happy. And I love that I get to meet all these people and be creative. This is all I do, you know? I, I don't work a different job. I, I don't have to do anything else. I'm completely free. And every day I'm doing something creative. And I fucking love that. That's like my entire dream of my entire life, having that freedom and getting to just create and like I wasn't very connected to my body before I started doing this. I feel that I was always somebody that was in my mind and creating from my mind and not through my body. And I've actually gotten to a point where I can create so freely and I can go into it so much that I feel that my mind is completely gone. I'm just in the moment. I'm completely present. And to be able to have something like that, to feel that and to achieve that, um, to me, that says a lot about how far I've come and how much I've healed and how comfortable I have gotten with being in that space, with being just in my body um, and with accepting myself as I am and loving myself as I am and seeing my body as a piece of art. Um, in my photography, I portray obviously what I find beautiful about people. And I think that people can see that and suddenly they can consider themselves from that perspective. And, and I've had quite a number of people that I've photographed um, that have said this was like a life-changing experience. I never thought that I could do this. I never thought that I would do this. Um, I've never looked at myself in this way. And suddenly they start appreciating like these tiny things about themselves, you know. One example is a really good friend of mine that I photographed. Um, and we took this picture of just her arm. And she was like, I love that picture. I don't know what it is. Suddenly I have this appreciation for my arm, you know? <laughs> and how else do you get that? You know, what else can give you that, that suddenly you have the appreciation for like the slope of your neck or the shape of your arm when you flex it a little bit or whatever, you know? What else makes you look at yourself in that way? I can't really name anything else, you know, that does that except photography and seeing yourself through mm -hmm. photography and through how somebody else captures you. Captures you. Space Chord. Space Chord. We encourage you to visit each of these bitches' Instagrams and support their artistry.
Their accounts are listed on the description of this episode. Thank you for sharing. Sharing is daring. Bitch is an acronym for Beautiful, Intelligent, Talented, Charming, Honorable. Rachel regularly uses bitch in many ways, shapes and forms as a way to empower people to transmute its energetic charge. This acronym, bitch, was introduced to Rachel in 2013 by the late bitch queen, Kathleen. All praise and honor to Kathleen for sharing her wisdom. After all, wisdom 